Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Fantasy Movie League on today's episode. What's this? What's this? It's super califragilistic, expialidocious. What is this? A whole new world. What is this? I mentioned Fantasy Movie League maybe once or twice in the past uh, on the podcast. I haven't really gotten too deep into it. I had always kind of wanted to, uh, you know, kind of expand upon it. You know, it's something I enjoyed in my free time. And if you like movies and you have a uh, tendency towards statistics and things like that, I think it is a lot of fun, personally. And I've been doing it for just a, finally a year now as of uh, Sunday. Well, I've done a year's worth of uh, entire seasons as of Sunday. And I have taken the time to uh, put up put some statistics behind this whole thing. And so I just wanted to kind of give an overview as we are between seasons right now. And if any of you are interested, there is... Uh, an easy way to join and play and learn and uh, if you're interested. Uh, I I don't think it's something that a lot of people are aware of and you know, it's it's, it's a a high learning curve, I think but it's definitely something that's enjoyable once you kind of understand it and it makes going out to the movies a little bit more interesting in a way and, and kind of tracking movies at the box office and things like that. So, uh, that being said, you know, I learned about uh, Fantasy Movie League from the Cinerealist podcast. And as such, you know, I'm part of the Cinerealist group on Fantasy Movie League, which I would encourage you to join. Uh, you know, I'm not... Uh, deluded into thinking that I have a fan base large enough for my own group on Fantasy Movie League, so I would just say join theirs. Uh, if you... It, it is... There is a password for it. Um, I believe the password is just hey guys. Uh, if that doesn't work, uh, you can probably... F- I'm pretty sure it's like in their podcast descriptions and things like that. Um, which actually I might as well just check right now since I have that capability right at my fingertips let's see here um it is mm, i don't see it uh but i think it's just hey guys one word lowercase and so uh, basically, this episode, I'm just going to kind of go through the basics of Fantasy Movie League and how it all works, and then I'll get into the st- statistics of um, the past four seasons, uh, mostly in the vein of the Cinerealist podcast uh, group, which I am a part of, and just kind of give you an idea of like what sort of things are possible. So, uh, think of it like this. Every week... On Monday night, uh, the website itself will release uh, 15 different movies 
uh, on a, on its front page that you can screen at your Cineplex. So, for example, this week the fo- those fifteen movies are The Hitman's Bodyguard, Annabelle Creation, Leap, Wind River, Logan Lucky, Dunkirk, Haslo Como, blah, something. Uh, um, I, I should probably. Uh, Haslo Como Hombre, Spider-Man Homecoming, The Emoji Movie, Nutjob 2, uh, Nutty by Nature, Girls Trip, Tulip Fever, Despicable Me 3, Birth of the Dragon, and Wonder Woman. And because... And so you have eight slots to screen whatever movies you want to try and earn the most money over the weekend. So that's generally Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, this particular weekend, it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday because it is Labor Day. And sometimes that, uh, sometimes there are situations where one movie will have three of these 15 slots because it's going to be opening to such a huge weekend projected, you know, some like pretty much Marvel movies. Um, you've got, you know, DC movies, things like that. They all, Anything that's going to hit like a hundred million or more is generally going to be given three separate uh, slots, and you would only play Friday, only Saturday, or only Sunday. Um, so, uh, for example, if all of these movies were weighted equally, you would just pick the one you think is going to make the most money. In this case, it would likely be The Hitman's Bodyguard. Uh, which is why it is priced highest. So the way the pricing works is you have eight slots, but you only have $1,000 to fill them. And they assign a price value to each movie because they think, because the other element of it is you can't just screen eight Jurassic Worlds because everyone would just screen eight Jurassic Worlds. You probably end up only being able to screen one Jurassic World, and then you have to find the other set, fill the other seven slots with lower value movies. And that's where the interesting element of this game comes in, because it's not about what's going to make the most money; it's what's going to make the most money relative to the price point that the team puts on it. Uh, for instance, uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard is priced at two hundred and fifty-two dollars, so you can only play three at most, whereas um, You've got something like Wind River, which is priced at $126, exactly half. So, um, if you think the Hitman's Bodyguard is going to make more than double what Wind River is going to make this weekend, that makes Hitman's Bodyguard a better value for its cost. Um, so, to kind of put this in perspective, if we look at last week, uh, last week, um, Leap was the highest value choice. Um, it was worth $134 on, on Fantasy Movie League and ended up pulling in just under $70,000 per bu- uh, FML buck that it was worth. Next on the list was Girls Trip, which was $64 on FML and ended up pulling in just under $60,000 per FML buck. So there's a pretty wide gap there between the first and second ranked uh, value. And... The bonus for that, so for every movie in the top slot that you've screened in your eight movies, uh, you get an additional $2 million value, which is very, very significant. And if you happen to pick the 
eight screens that are the highest possible value for that week, you get an additional bonus $5 million. So last week, um, which was the final week of the summer season, uh, the best possible eight screens were three screens of the Hitman's Bodyguard and five screens of Leap. Leap was the best performer, so had the best ratio and value, and therefore you got an additional $10 million for those five screens of Leap. Um, and if you had those eight perfect screens, you got an additional $5 million on top of that. So uh, the best possible box office last week was $69.5 million, roughly, uh, which is actually really low. That's a very, very low scoring week um, generally. You know, you oftentimes see more than $100 million in a weekend, at least on FML. But because of, you know, what was released last week and you know, it wasn't really anything that exciting. Things ended up being a little bit lower than expected. So uh, for this week, you will generally want to look at, um, you know, the, like I can't really, I don't, I don't know that I can really go into all the like techniques and strategies and stuff like that right now. Um, there's a lot to get into. Um, generally, I think you look at something and you just kind of kind of have to learn patterns, you know, look at the chatter, you know, there's four, it's chatter is basically a forum on the website, where users will talk about the movies and what they project they'll make. And they'll look at trends from the past and other movies that are similar, they will look at uh, various <clears throat> connections to be made. Um, you can find you can go to boxofficemojo.com and see how many theaters a movie is going to be playing in the upcoming weekend. Um, but the absolute most important thing, and I think this is where a lot of people uh, just have to pay paying attention or they will not, they don't really have a large chance for success, is being able to update your picks on Friday mornings. Friday, so, so you're locked out of your picks. Your picks are locked on noon Friday Eastern. And about a couple hours before then is when studios will release how much money their movies opened up to Thursday nights. So if you look at something like a Suicide Squad or like a Wonder Woman, um, their Thursday night number is a huge indicator of what they're going to make that weekend based on past superhero movies and things like that. And a lot of the people on this website have a lot of statistics on those kind of numbers. You know, I don't, um, I just don't really have the time to <laughs> figure that all out. But, you know, you'll see people who will provide you with dozens of movies and say, well, these dozen movies all opened up to $2 million openings on Thursday nights, and they all ended up in roughly this range of money for their weekend. So, you know, depending on what you feel about, say, Wonder Woman, maybe it skews toward the high end, maybe it skews toward the low end. That's kind of a judgment call, but it gives you kind of a range and Sometimes that range itself is so far up or so far down that it makes that movie a must play or a can't play. And you kind of go from there. So Thursday night numbers that come out Friday morning are probably the most important element of the game. Um, the second most important element, in my opinion, is your coma lineup. So I will generally log in Monday or Tuesday night and figure out and find a pretty nice, convenient, and um, kind of gut 
check lineup that I will put in just in case I don't have that chance Friday morning to look and see if things are changing based on Thursday night numbers or, you know, a big theater count shift. Uh, you know, those are things that I'll eventually, you'll eventually kind of pick up on better and better as you get go along. You know, I've, there have been some weeks where I have forgotten the Friday thing and I've just absolutely bombed because my coma lineups are just sometimes can been awful, just absolutely garbage, but you'll kind of get better and better as you go along. And to that effect, uh, it's, it's not it's the case that you're going to find out that sometimes some weeks you're just going to get really lucky some weeks you're going to get really unlucky but there is definitely a lot of skill involved which i believe the statistics uh will air out for sure there's definitely a clear separation you know people who have done who people do well consistently or people do poorly consistently and I think that that's very notable all, when all said and done. So that's kind of an overview. I'm sure I've missed a lot of like very important elements to this thing. Uh, you, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's like a lot of information on the website that you can use that will benefit you. Um, you can, I would just say, if you're interested, join. You know, it's definitely going to take, there's definitely a learning curve. You know, I, it's better to prop, it's probably better to join like halfway through a season if you're not really sure what you're getting yourself into, because then less stakes, you have a couple, a few weeks to kind of really figure out what you have to do before a full season starts. Um, That's how I did it. I started midway through summer season last year uh, and then didn't really have a full season until the fall of 2016, which is where my statistics are going to start um, because uh, the center realist group, no one had a full season of the summer last year. And so that's kind of where we're at as far as that's concerned. So uh, moving on, I um, do just want to take a look here for something else. One, um, Sorry, this is going to be super boring. One, damn, two. Three. So three there. Did not do so well. I'm going through my week by week uh, picks um, just to make sure I have a, this one statistic correct. I'm not. Because I don't, I think I didn't include the most recent week, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, four, man, what a while. Um, I'm I'm counting perfect cineplexes. So how many times I got the exact eight screens that you were, that like yielded the best value six times. Wait, is that one? No. 
Seven times. Eight times. Nine times. Nine times. Uh, nope. Room four. There's one more to come. Nope. That's nine. I counted nine times. All right, that's right. Okay, accurate. All right, so now I'm going to move into kind of more of the uh, statistics for the Cinerealist group. Um, for those of you who are fans of the Cinerealist, uh, this will probably be possibly more interesting for you because you might even hear your own Cineplex name appear. Uh, for those of you that aren't, um, as a as a reference point, um, I only know my own name, uh, James and Zach's names uh, on the website, so I don't know who any like the majority of these people are. Oh, I guess I know. I also know uh, Moran, who's only participated in the fall 2016 season in full, um, who I've mentioned multiple times previously uh, as a fan of my show. So there's that. So, you know, names aside, um, you might just be in it for the statistics at this point. We'll see. In the fall of 2016, uh, we had 19 people in, t in the entire season who from start to finish participated enough to the point where I felt like it was worth ranking them. Um, uh, because I've decided that like, if you weren't in at least, I think like at least half of the season, I wasn't going to bother to put someone in it. It just, it, it just kind of screws up the statistics a lot. And it's not really fair because like it will either drag someone's statistics down or it will bump some statistics up in a situation that like it really shouldn't. So in fall of 2016, uh, and again, another side note, if you are a fan of the Cinerealist and you do play Fantasy Movie League and you are interested in this already, uh, some of this stuff is going to be kind of reiterating stuff that um, Zach has mentioned on the show before, but hopefully there'll be a lot of new information here that you weren't aware of. Fall 2016, I'm first I'm just going to run down the rankings. So I actually won Fall 16. Uh, that's the only season I've won. I finished first. Um, the user Keel Music finished second. Swagner finished third. Shaubin, which is Zach, finished fourth. YoJRB, which is James, finished fifth. Perks Plus, Perks Plex was sixth. Xanadu's Fantasy Pictures Showcase the third, finished seventh. Sco Deluxe Movie Time was eighth. Spruik Cinemas nine. Cinemania Theaters ten. Row three Cinema eight eleven. Sven Cinema twelve. Film Obsessed thirty five thirteen. The Flex fourteen. Jalay, JLA Born fifteen. Michael G's sixteen. Kirstein H Jensen seventeen. Toro nine one three, which is Moran, is eighteenth, and Rybone finished nineteenth. Um, so there were 19 people. That was the order they finished. Um, and then next season, we had 21 people. So we had three new people and one person who didn't follow into the next season. 
Um, and so Kiel Music actually did one spot better in the awards 2017 season, which is essentially the winter season on on summer on Fantasy Movie League. So he improved from second to first. Rybone improved from 19th to second in the awards 2017 season. Uh, I dropped from first to third. Shaubin, Jane, uh, Zach finished fourth again. Perksplex moved up from sixth to fifth. Row 3 Cinema 8 from 11th to 6th. MJ Labo uh, debuted at 7th. Pretty good. Sven Cinema improved from 12th to 8th. Yo JRB James dropped from 5th to 9th. Cinemania Theaters went from 10th to 10th. JL Aborn went from 15th to 11th. Improvement. Kirstein H. Jensen's improved from 17th to 12th. Uh, the Box Officer debuted at 13th. VH Jennings debuted at 14th. Xanadu's Fantasy Pictures Showcase the third improved or dropped from 7th to 15th. Film Obsessed 35 dropped from 13th to 16th. Spruik Cinemas 9th to 17th. Swagner fell very far from 3rd to 18th. Uh, the Flex dropped from 14th to 19th. Scodelux Movie Time dropped from 8th to 20th. And Michael G's dropped from 16th to 21st. And uh, Toro 913, Moran, uh, did not participate in any following seasons. Um, so, looking at this, just to start kind of analyzing some of this, you've got uh, big drops from a couple of uh, players. Skodelux, Swagner, Spruik Cinemas, Xanadu's Fantasy Picture Showcase. They all had pretty significant drops from the fall award season. Now, in a couple of those cases, so Skodelux and Spruik Cinemas did not participate in the spring or summer seasons, at least fully. Um, which So these drops may have had to do with a lack of interest or um, frustration with a couple of bad weeks. Whereas Swagner, he had a big drop, uh, but has continued to play, which I think is, I respect. I think that's awesome. Um, you know, he'd had a great first season in the fall but has since failed to to kind of match the level of quality he was able to put out that that season, which, you know, some people will t- sort of say, you know, some seasons are easier than the others. I think that's true, uh, but uh, it's tough to really, like, make that judgment call, in my opinion, because as you look at this, so Keel Music, myself... Zach, Perksplex, we finished in the top six the first season and also finished in the top six the second season. Um, So there wasn't a lot of change amongst many of the top people. The biggest change was Rybone, who was last place in fall and came in second in the awards 2017 season, which is phenomenal. Like, that's insane. Uh, And it's... You know, I, I have no idea like what he changed about his system, but you know, he did apparently he was like doing something very wrong in the first season and made huge strides and fixed a lot of his problems in the second season. Uh, and he would go on, he'll go on to kind of stay toward the top from that week from that week on. So moving on to the spring 2017 season. This one saw Zach finally pull ahead of fourth place and win his first season. Uh, you see Keel Music dropped to second, Rybone dropped to third, myself dropped to fourth, 
Perksplex remained in fifth. Kirstein H. Jensen's jumps up to sixth place. Sven Cinema moves up from eighth to seventh. The Flex moves up from 19th to 8th. Uh, JLA Born moves up from 11th to 9th. Cinemania Theaters remains completely consistent in his third straight season in 10th place. Xanadu's Fantasy Picture Showcase the third moves up to 11th. Film Obsessed 35 move up to 12th. MJ Labo drops to 13th. The Box Officer dropped a spot to 14th. Road 3 Cinema 8 dropped from 6th to 15th. Swagner uh, moves up a little bit to 16th from 18th. VH Jennings drops down three spots to 17th. Uh, Yo JRB James dropped from 9th to 18th. Uh, and Garth debuted at 19th. Um, this would be Garth's only season. Meanwhile, Spruik Cinemas, Go Deluxe Movie Time, and Michael G's uh, were all uh, disqualified from participation in the spring seven, 2017 season due to lack of play. Uh, so, like I mentioned, Spruik's Go Deluxe both dropped significantly. Michael G's also dropped, uh, which is probably a big reason why none of them continue to play going forward. Uh, so you'll see the top four people are the same top four people from the awards season as they are in the spring season. Just uh, Zach stepped his game up and jumped from fourth to first. Everybody else dropped down a spot. Perksplex still on the outside in fifth place where he is very comfortable. Um, you did see a big jump up from Kirsten H. Jensen's, which I think Zach has said on the show that that's his wife, but I, I'm not 100% sure about that. Uh, the Flex made a huge move up from 19th to 8th, following Rybone's uh, tradition. And then you've got a couple of people in the middle, JLA Born, Cinemania Theaters, who kind of just kind of floated in the 10, 9, 10, 11 range. Uh, you see big drops from MJ Labo, six spots dropped, Row 3 Cinema 8, nine spots dropped, and James, nine spots dropped. Um, James has admitted on the show that he does forget to put in his lineups a couple of time, a couple of weeks. Um, if that happens, so if you participate in the first week and then you forget to set a lineup in the second week, the, sh- uh, the website will automatically input the highest value possible, um, of all the movies that you put in the week before that. So if week one, you played eight of the same movie. The next week, uh, the website will put in as many of that same movie as it can to fill your Cineplex. Um, you'll be stuck with that Cineplex for better or for worse, but it'll at least give you something rather than nothing. So there is somewhat of a failsafe if you are completely gone out of the country. Um, but I know that in the past, James and Zach have both had other people play their movies for them if they were unable to do it themselves. Uh, which is also another option. Mm. And finally, to move into the summer 2017 season, um, we had another little shakeup toward the top as Rybone finally struck gold and finished in first place. Uh, so that means the top four people, which are myself, Zach, Keel Music, and Rybone, have all won one season through the first year. Um, And with the exception of Rybone's fall 2016 season, those four people were the top four finishers in every single season we've had so far, Um, which 
uh, seems to me that finally this award, this fall 2017 season will finally have a, a repeat winner. I think it's very likely unless, you know, unless Perks Plus, the unless, unless Perks Plex uh, can finally break into the top four, you know, I think that it's probably going to be the one of the uh, previous champions to take the crown again. Um, so in this case, Rybone finally struck gold in one, which dropped uh, Zach down to second. And then I was able to move up to third this season and Kiel Music fell to fourth, which is his lowest finish, his or her lowest finish to date um, after finishing second, first, and second in the previous three seasons. Perks Plex again finished fifth for the third season in a row. The Flex continued his upward mobility up to sixth place, so that's someone to watch out for, I think. Uh, then you've got Xanadu's Fantasy Picture Showcase moved up to seventh, um, another improvement. Christine H. Jensen's dropped a couple spots to eight to eighth. Cinemania Theaters finally broke the streak and finished in ninth, uh, which is solid improvement. Sven Cinema dropped three spots to tenth. Film Obsessed 35 moved up a spot to eleventh. Row Three Cinema moved up a spot to was up three spots to twelfth. Um, the Iron Drews Movie Pit debuted at thirteenth, which is a solid start. JLA Born dropped five spots to 14th. The box officer dropped one spot to 15th. James moved up two spots to 16th. Um, he had a pretty weak early and middle season, but he did bring it back a little bit toward the end. Hopefully he can push that into the next season. Hopefully. Um, MJ Labo dropped four spots to 17th. VH Dennings dropped a spot to 18th. And Swagner dropped three spots to 19th. His lowest finish, Garth, as I mentioned, did not only participate in the spring season, so he was out. So there were 19 people in both the spring and summer seasons, 21 people in the awards 2017 season. And now, um, like I mentioned, there are a lot of kind of technical things that you're striving for uh, when you're playing this game. The first is the best performer. So that is the movie that has the best um, ratio and value out of all the possible options. I have gone through um, for every season that someone was fully participated in and calculated exactly how many times that person played a movie that was the best performer. Uh, so, um, Keel Music has actually had the most best performers to date with 116 across four seasons. Uh, I'm number two with 114 across four seasons. Rybone has 106 across four seasons, and uh, Zach has 100 across four seasons. And then next is Perksplex with 69. Um, you've got James with 36. Christine H. Jensen's 35. It keeps going down. Um, Ron had eight in his single season. Um, the Iron Drew debuted with, a, with 10 in his season this past season. MJ Labo has a pretty pretty solid average uh, with 33 through three seasons. So the average, on average, Kill Music has had 29 each season. 28 and a half for me, 26 and a half Rybone, 25 for Zach, 17.25 for Perksplex, 14 for Cinemania Theaters, 13.25 for Swagner, um, which is pretty high considering like how 
low he's finished uh, in the last three seasons, which is very surprising. You would think he'd be able to he he his positions would be much higher given that many best performers, but uh, clearly there's some clearly I, I, it must be that when he misses he misses real hard or something like that. I didn't take a huge look at his week to week performances. Uh, Sven Cinemas eleven point seven five, MJ Labo eleven, the Iron Drews Movie Pit ten, um, and then uh, James did nine. So having a lot of best performers is really important, but it's not sort of the end all be all. Uh, you know, there's a reason that just because Kill Music has the most of them, he hasn't won every season, um, and that's because there's a lot there's a lot more to it than that. You know, there are some weeks where you only get one best performer because it's Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman is priced so high that you can only play one of them. So it's t- it's not always easy to get a lot of best performer screens in a week. On the other hand, a stat that does absolutely matter in this regard is perfect cineplexes. So that's when your eight screens are the exact eight screens that yield the highest possible value. Um, generally, um, just kind of looking at my own history, uh, you know, last week, the final week of summer, I did have a perfect Simplex, three Hitman bodyguards, five uh, leaps. That was a pretty easy week. 1500 people all got perfect Simplexes. But if you look at the week before that, uh, the perfect lineup was three Hitman's bodyguards, four of the Emoji Movies, and one Despicable Me 3. I didn't have it. Only 16 people in the entire site had it. So that number fluctuates very significantly and can be very difficult to latch onto. Um, you know, some of them, uh, week five this season, uh, the perfect lineup was eight baby drivers. Um, it was priced kind of perfectly for that and so there were almost 2,000 people that had that lineup which is like one of the largest one of the highest numbers I've seen since I've started playing uh, whereas then you look at week nine of the spring season this year which was seven how to be a Latin lovers and one get out nobody had it uh, which is crazy because get out was the perfect was the best performer that week and you only played one of them i played four of them so i had more best performers than you were supposed to have but i still missed the perfect cineplex um so you know it's tough it's really tough to sort of suss out the perfect cineplex and it fluctuates throughout the weekend you know they update estimate scores saturday night and saturday and sunday and then there's actuals that come out Monday. So in theory, like three different movies could be best performer at different points of the week. And standings can fluctuate pretty heavily. And so finding that perfect cineplex is not easy. Um, I had uh, five of them in the fall season, uh, which is the second most I believe that someone has had in a full season in the Cinerealist uh, FML group. 
Um, I was bested by Rybone's seven PCs this season, this summer of 2017 season, which is insane. That's more than half of the weeks he got perfect Cineplex. Uh, so just having that, that's like $35 million to start out with when, that no one else had, or more than anyone else had, rather. And so that elevated him to 11 total perfect Cineplexes in his four seasons. Um, which is good enough to be first. Kill Music has had 10 through four seasons. I've had nine. Uh, Zach has had six. Perks Plex has three. The Flex has two. And then Swagner, James, Christine H. Jensen's, and Xanadu's Fantasy Pictures Showcase 3 have all had one. Uh, and so there's only 10 people in our group that have had a perfect Cineplex, which is pretty shocking and like, you know, you would think, you know, you would think that you could kind of luck into those every once in a while, and you really can't. It is so difficult to do that. Um, and so looking at, like, perfect cineplexes per season, you know, all these people that have had one have played all four seasons. Uh, so, you know, Rybone, Kill Music, and myself all average more than two perfect cineplexes a season. Uh, Zach averages one and a half, and everybody else averages less than one. It is very difficult, and you know you'd have to look on the website um, to see kind of the best of the best. And so, if I'm looking at summer 2017, and I'm looking at the entire website, um, the winning person. Uh, was 20th century plop star, Never Stop, Never Flopping, who ended the season with $1.4 billion in points. Uh, so he beat me. I finished 331st on the website. He beat me by $92 million, which isn't a huge, isn't the worst. Like, it's not bad. Like, second place missed by $14 million. So, you know, I wasn't, I didn't do badly. I'm, I'm happy with my performance. Um, but if I look at this guy, you know, we'll, let's see how many times he got the perfect cineplex this season. So he got it in week 13. He missed it in week 12. He missed it in week 11. He got it in week 10. So that's two. He missed it in week nine. He got it in week eight. That's three. He got it in week seven. That's four. He got it in, oh no, he missed it in week six. He got it in week five, that's five. Missed it in week four. Got it in week three, that's six. Missed it in week two. Got it in week one. So he had seven, which is the same number that Rybone had. Um, so uh, that just indicates that, you know, Rybone, one, did incredibly well last season. Uh, and two probably finished very close to the top you know and he did you know he finished a lot better than i did he finished 101st on the season uh beat me by about 40 million dollars so he was about now how did he less than that um beat me by 35 million dollars and that means oh, i don't want to go back there we go uh so beat me by or came out uh, $55 million shy of first place, give or take. 
you know? So even the best person only got seven perfect cineplexes. Uh, so, you know, who's to, who knows, like, what the actual perfect season could have been? I don't think that's ever happened before. Um, it's, it's very difficult. So... Uh, the last statistic that I'm looking at is that if you go to this, uh, the league, so the Fantasy Movie League, um, Cinerealists League, uh, what it will do is if you look at the summer statistics, um, outside of all the other things, what it will show you is how many weeks a particular person won. So um, as it turned out, I think... Shit, I'm I won the final week of season of summer 2017. Uh, so there were actually f- four people that had the perfect Cineplex that week. Um, me, Kill Music, Zach, and Rybone. But it's whoever locks that that perfect Cineplex first wins tiebreakers. So um, according to this, I was the first person out of the four of us to or the last person, rather, out of the four of us to um, touch and edit my screen after reaching this lineup, followed by Kill Music, followed by Zach, followed by Rybone, um, which doesn't always necessarily mean that they came to that result first. You know, I've done a lot of tinkering at the final few minutes and ended up on the same screen I had before. So, you know, take that for what you will, but that's kind of how they do tiebreakers here. Um, but let me see. I don't know if I factored that week in. I think I did. So that gives me one, four, eight, thirteen. Oh, I did it. Holy shit. Thirteen. Kill music. Just to keep track. Two, seven, ten. 11. Okay, so that actually gives me an extra week that I've won. So it'll tell me um, who it is. Or it'll tell me, rather, it'll tell you how many weeks you won. Record weeks. Seven? Fall 2017. So uh, this season, to look at, uh, I only won week 13. Um, Kill Music only won one week. Zach only won one week. Rybone only won three weeks, despite seven perfect cineplexes. That seems way off. Um, but like week twelve uh, was won by Swagner. Week eleven, Rybone, uh, who had perfect cineplex. Week ten was won by Xanadu's Fantasy Picture Showcase three, with a perfect cineplex. One of his two wins. Rybone won week nine. Um, uh, Rybone won week eight. Xanadu's Fantasy Picture Showcase three won week seven. The Flex won week six. Uh, Shawbin Zach won week five. Kill Music won week four. Cinemania Theaters won week one. The Flex won week two. And Christine H. Jensen won the opening week. Uh, so you end up with Myself, Q Music, and Zach, as well as Kirsten H. Jensen, as well as Swagner and Cinemania Theaters, all winning a week or so each. 
And then you've got... Go back, go back, go back. Uh, Xanadu's Fantasy Picture Showcase 3. The Flex, both winning twice. And Rybone winning three times. Uh, so, putting all these numbers from all four seasons into the spreadsheet. Um, and sorting them. Uh, I've won the most weeks with 13. Uh, seven of those came in my fall 2017 season, which is a single season record. I'm sorry, five of them. Where am I getting seven from? Five is a single season record. I'm sorry. <laughs> did not mean... So I did five in fall, and then Keel Music did five in... This awards season. Awards 2017. So we've hit, so two people have hit five. Um, do, 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 Jeez. Sorry. Making a lot of noise. Making a lot of noise. All the noise. Uh, so that means, um, so when you add it all up, I've had 13, which I said. Uh, Kill Music has had 11. Rybones had 6. Zach's had 4. The Flex and Swagger both had 3. James has had 2, as long as Xanadu. Perks Plex, Christine H. Jensen, Cinemated Theaters, MJ Labo, and JLL Laybourne have all had 1. In their however long, however many seasons they've played. Uh, and all those people have played 4, except for MJ Labo, who's only played 3. Which means that I win three weeks per season. Kill Music to almost th just under three weeks. Rybone one and a half. Shawbin, Zach one. Everybody else less than one. And all of this kind of culminates in a score that I have kind of generated. Um, the best, the most simple, the simplest and best way I think I know how. Um, so, similarly to how I have scored actors and directors and writers on my spreadsheet, um, similarly to how I've scored uh, Survivor contestants, um, I keep track of Survivor contestants on a def different spreadsheet that I use in conjunction with a Fantasy Survivor League I have with some of my friends, I have accumulated a sort of rough score for everybody's performances that kind of tries to firstly negate season like length bias so um, just because you've only performed in one season does not make you any less likely to have a higher score than someone who's performed in four seasons necessarily um, and then just because <sighs> I don't know, just that that's kind of like the thing. Like the thing I'm trying to avoid is I don't want someone who's been here for 10 seasons at some point to automatically have a better score than someone who's had their first season. If their first season is really good, you know, like I don't I want that. And you know, I don't want any one statistic to be too overwhelming. So, the current format formula that I'm using is I take the, the number of weeks that you win per season, uh, so using myself an example, uh, 3.25, the number of perfect cineplexes you get average per season, which for me is 2.25, uh, 
plus um, the number of best performers that you have per season, which for myself is 28.5. And I started with just that formula. So adding those three numbers together. And I think that the best performers per season was way too devastating a statistic. So I, I put it in conjunction and made that number divided by the average place you end up at. So I haven't really talked about this statistic yet, but Kiel Music in his four seasons finished an average of 2.25. So lower is better. Um, So if your average place was first, that means you've won every season you've played. And so Kiel Music has the lowest average at 2.25. Zach and I have both averaged 2.75. Perksplex averaged 5.25. Rybone 6.25. That first season 19 really drags him down there. Uh, Sven Cinema 9.25. Cinemania Theaters 9.75. And then everybody else at least at 10. So... If, um, trying to find an easy one to do, if your average best performance per season, uh, let's look at Xanadu. So his average best performance per season is 8.25, and his average place is 10th. Then you take 8.25 divided by 10, uh, which gives you 0.825, and that's what number you're adding to the other values. So uh, Xanadu, in this case, ends up with a 1.58 score, which equates to ninth place out of everyone that's ever played. Um, you know, which is slightly higher than his average place per season, which is 10th. Um, it's slightly, it's a lot higher than his average best performance per season, which he ranks 15th. Um, he had. He's tied for seventh in average perfect cineplexes per season. So it drops him a little lower there. And in weeks one, he is eighth. So it kind of bounces all those statistics out. Um, so looking at these scores, Keel Music is ranked first. Um, his score is 18.14. I'm second with 15.86. So it's a big gap there. Uh, uh, Zach finishes third with 11.59. Rybone is fourth with 8.49. And Perksplex has 4.29 in fifth. Everybody else is less than two points, with uh, MJ Labo being the one point cutoff. Um, and currently Garth, who only participated in the spring season, uh, with a 0.21 as the lowest ranked person. Now, you know, not saying that like, you know, again, like if these people have participated all four seasons, who knows what their scores would ultimately be. But this is kind of currently the best way I have to factor this and figure this all out. Um, there may come a time where I figure out a better way to do it. But for now, that's the formula I'm using. What this does for me is one, it makes me far more invested in the game because now I actually have real numbers and statistics to show me how well I'm doing compared to everybody else. Um, If you play the game or are interested in playing the game, you know, I'm very likely going to like update this each season, maybe even each week if I have the time uh, to, and you know, like, so 
since this week will be the first week of the fall 17 season, you know, I can update this every single day, or rather every single week as it goes. And we can kind of see um, after week one, I rank everybody, see how that affects the score, and then just kind of go from there, which I find intensely interesting <laughs> and like really fun to do. It might not be your cup of tea, which is fine. And uh, if so, then you're probably not even listening to this already anymore at this point. But uh, for me, it holds a lot of interest. On the other hand, the last thing I have, a couple of statistics and records that I'm holding on to because they aren't uh, explicitly shown in the spreadsheet's uh, raw stats. The first being uh, the highest number of best performers that you've picked in a single season. Um, I was so close to holding on to this record for the whole year. Actually, that's not true. Um, I had the most in fall. Then Kill Music had a couple more than me in his award season win. Um, Kill Music still had the most after I did all of spring 2017, but it was Rybone with 38 best performers that he picked in the summer of 2017 season that now holds the record. Um, me, Kill Music, Zach, and Rybone all have one win each, which, as I mentioned, I think that one of us is going to win the next season, but I could be wrong. I'd love to see James sneak in. Uh, that would be really cool to have another person finally break into that top four. Um, there's the most number of perfect cineplexes in a season, which is Rybone with seven in his summer of 17 win. Uh, so those are two statistics that I think are going to be really difficult to, to knock down. Um, and I think he's likely to hold on to this couple of those records for a while. And then the final one that I found that I can't really determine based on the spread, uh, the statistics I have is uh, the number of weeks won in a season, which is currently myself and Kill Music tied for five total, myself during fall of 2016 and Kill Music during the awards 2017 season. Um, and that's a much harder statistic to win, I think. One, because if you're tied with other people, you better make sure that you got your eight screens uh, locked in early because otherwise you'll miss on a screen like you have perfect cineplex and you won't win that week which is very frustrating and is a big reason why rybone uh, missed out on holding that record this season you know seven perfect cineplexes and he only won three weeks because he just wasn't fast enough which is no fault against him you know like he like that's understandable like it, you can't always know it from the first day so, but you know, that just adds an element of time to accuracy. And so those are the four records I have right now that I can think of. Um, and I'm sure I'll come up with more as we go forward, but that's what we're working with. Um, that being said, that's kind of it. You know, I, I, this is exciting. Like I had a ton of fun, like compiling this and doing all this and putting this all together. 
I think it's really interesting. I think it just makes like I always find leaderboards and rankings to make playing games and competitions more exciting and more fun for me. Uh, not everybody's like that, and I understand, but I find it intensely satisfying, uh, even if I'm not the best at the thing, you know, and I'm not currently. I'm I'm toward the top, but I'm still second place, and this gives me something to strive for. And so, Kiel Music, if you're listening, may or may not be, I'm coming for you. Everybody else, stay out of the way. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can send those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. Uh, head over to circleoffilm.com for more information about the spreadsheet, myself, the podcast, the Circle of Film Awards, the Scavenger Hunt Superlatives, anything like that. Um, <coughs> and uh, if you are interested in supporting the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash circle of film where you can find out all the information you need on the goals and rewards uh, listed there thank you very much for listening once again and as always have a week so long farewell i'll be the same good night i know she'll never leave me even as she fades from Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.